Hi, and welcome to this service of worship online at Brighton Road on this, the second Sunday of Advent. Sue and I are delighted that you can join us. We hope that this Sue session will enable you to encounter God in a real way as you watch online. Please bear with me for a moment as I share my screen. And let's take a few moments just to reflect on the prayer that's here and allow that to lead us into worship. and will sing Majesty of Heaven.
So one of the ways in which we online are identifying with people meeting in church today is that we are going to light a couple of Advent candles and uh, this or something similar to it is the words that they'll be using in church. So can I invite you to join with me in saying the words in white? They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him and his dwelling shall be glorious. We are the followers of that root of Jesse Isaiah spoke of. We are the ones who are now called to stand as a signal to the world, to all of creation, that peace is the will of the one who created us. Peace is the knowledge of the Lord that we proclaim from sea to shining sea. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, and bear fruit worthy of repentance. We light these candles, the candle of joyful hope and the candle of proclaimed peace, in part to remind ourselves that we are a people rising towards God's promise. But we also light them as a sign to the world, an announcement that there are some who hold on to hope, and there are some who work the ways of peace. We stand as a sign that Emmanuel is still our fervent prayer. Lord, you are rich beyond all splendour.
And Sue is going to read us some verses from Psalm 72. Psalm 72, verses 1 to 7 and 18 to 19. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. May they fear you while the sun endures and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days, may the righteous flourish and peace abound till the moon be no more. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. Let me read you an adaptation of a poem based on Psalm 72, written by Jock Steen. The past seems far away. The future's now upon us, knocking, scowling, mocking our attempts to pray for rulers, be they kings or queens, prime ministers or sheiks, Rishi Sunak or Emmanuel Macron, Putin or Zelensky, Xi Jinping or Joe Biden, imam or president, yes, all the powers that be who hold elected seats or fill by fouler means the stage of history. How does rule play out in war and peace games? Could the unseen prayers of common men and women, doubt and faith, lament and praise, mixed up in cries to God, be what it's all about? Grant the king your justice, God, and may he give the poor a break, the richer fright. In fact, is this the sort of king a God might be? Or is that just a, a faint hypothesis? So does it really matter if the psalm is full of yusivs? May it be. Or something more than that. Uh, he shall be. So dear to Christians, seeing prophecy in lots of biblical data. Our stories start with fire. Then flicker to their clothes. Limp off the stage and cough. Apologise. Retire. Without some thread of hope, the tales of King David, Charles and everyone expire. Long may he live. He will, with gold and grain and glory, when the commonweal is all his care, a temple built of living stones. Such potent prophecies a leader must fulfil. Our prayers of concern have a response to them. When I say, give us faith to watch for the morning, can I invite you to respond by saying, we wait for you, O God. And we hear the call to prepare the way of the Lord and the promise that all people will see the salvation of our God. And so we pray. Prince of Peace, though the night seems very long and though cold winds blow and light fades, and spring seems a distant dream, you will never leave us.
So give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you O oh God. God. Prince of Peace, though the poor are so often denied justice and the needy are without relief from their distress, and though we often have different priorities to those of your kingdom, turn our hearts again to you and renew our trust. Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you O oh God. God. Prince of Peace. Though politics sometimes does not connect with our daily lives, when leaders fail us, prioritising the rich over the poor and leaving inequalities unaddressed, may we believe that a new world is possible. Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you oh God. God. Prince of Peace. Though we are far off our climate targets, though there is little climate leadership, and we have failed to protect this fragile earth, its peoples and all its creatures. Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you oh God. God. And Prince of Peace, though we live in such troubled times, when so many parts of the world are at war or in conflict, and the suffering of Ukraine continues as the weather gets harsher, and, and no peaceful outcome seems close, Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you, O God. Prince of Peace. Though life is a daily struggle for many, choosing between heating and eating, constantly worrying about debt and rising prices and feeling overwhelmed by worry, may we find rest in you. Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you, O God. Prince of Peace, though many are lonely and in distress, persecuted or in danger, some sick or far from home, bring your healing to all who are in need today. Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for, for you, you O God. God. Prince of Peace, you come to us as a child and reveal to us the wisdom of the powerless. Though many children across the world are suffering and many lament the destruction of their futures because of climate change, teach us to walk more humbly with you and look for the change that comes with the coming of your kingdom. Give us faith to watch for the morning. We, we wait, wait for you, you O oh God. And Lord, may the whole world come to know about your love. May all the people of the whole world praise you. And just as the waters cover the sea, may the whole world be covered with your glory. And Lord, may we care for the world and for each other as people who know your care for us. Amen. These are the days of Elijah.
Sue's going to bring us our reading with some verses from John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verses 6 to 9 and verses 19 to 29. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees and they asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan, where John was baptising. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus, you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you that you take our sin. We're sorry for those times when we behave as if life was all about us, when we show off all we do and hide all we neglect, when we put others down instead of building them up, when we dwell on what others have done wrong with hardly a thought to our own mistakes. Forgive us, we pray, and grant us the will to change. Loving God, you promise us healing when we turn away from the things that harm us. You promise us a welcome when we leave behind the things that separate us from you. You promise us forgiveness when we find the courage to name our sins. For you are full of love and long to see us whole, living life to the full, generously and compassionately. So, Lord, we embrace your promise as you embrace us in your forgiving love. Amen.
We see in the picture someone being rescued in dramatic fashion by a helicopter. And without that rescue operation, they would have been lost. You alone can rescue. You alone can save. You alone can lift us from the grave. Well, okay then. What is it about my plight that means that only Jesus can rescue me? And what is it about Jesus that means he's the only one who can save me? Well, what if I need saving, not because I've got myself into some kind of trouble, but because I myself am the problem? What if I need saving from myself? In that case, whatever situation you rescue me from, nothing's going to change because wherever you relocate me, whatever safe and secure environment you find for me, I'm still going to be in trouble because I'm still there, my own worst enemy. That's where Jesus comes in to save us from ourselves. He comes into the world to bind us to himself, to be Emmanuel, to be God with us through thick and thin. And he swears he will never let us go. And at Christmas, at the start of the journey, that's all very well. We can all relate to the baby in the manger being God with us, the sign of God's love for us. But as the journey goes on and we see that Jesus is heading towards death on a cross, we might start to feel afraid. We might want to let go. We might want to head off in a different direction. But Jesus says, no, stay with me. And when we get to the cross, we find that that is the place where an identity exchange takes place. My humanity, riddled with infective wounds caused by what others have done to me, what I've done to them, is placed with Jesus on the cross. And Jesus gives me a new identity as God's child, securing God's eternal love for me. Jesus was born to be my saviour. He died to give me life. He became what you are so that you might become what he is. He can change you. And in changing you, he rescues you and sets you on a different path with a different destination. Eternal life. That's why we worship him this Christmas. He came to rescue, to save, to bring you into life. And if you need saving, then my advice to you is to cling on tight to him and don't let go. He will bring you to safety. He and he alone can set you right. Put your trust in him. Give your life to him. Let him give his life to you.
So may the keeping of Christ be round you. May the guarding of God be with you, to possess you, to protect you from danger and from loss. May the gospel of the God of grace bless you from head to soul. May the gospel of the King of heaven be wrapped around your body. May Christ take your soul in his arms and bring you through the balancing time to the dwelling place of peace and make it your home forever. Amen.